All right, Heather. You don't get to pick a letter today. <laughs> okay. You'll get two on the next one. I've already, I, it's because I've pre-chosen a letter. We're okay. going with C. We're going with the little just movie trivia or information or whatever. Okay. Um, because there's been a lot of stuff weirdly going around right now. Like there was a reviewer and the link has been taken down and I don't remember the guy's name. And even if I did, I wouldn't really care to say his name. Um, he did a review for that movie Red Panda on Disney Plus. And he gave that a bad review because he's like, well, I'm not a girl and I'm not Chinese, so I can't relate to this movie. Therefore, it's bad. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you could use that logic for so many movies, especially Pixar movies. And give them bad reviews if you want to. Kind of like, I'm not a toy. Therefore, the movie Toy Story didn't connect with me that much. Or, I'm not a bug. Therefore, Bug's Life is just not something I can enjoy. Or any number of things. And then it kind of tied into something else. With the movie The Batman. Which I'm, I'm not even that big of a fan of. But a lot of people are. And... A lot of people were mad at it because it was too woke and it's anti-white and all this other shit. And I'm just like, what the, what the fuck is going on these days? Like it's anti-white because Catwoman who to most people apparently is traditionally white is black in this movie. And she calls out white privilege, even though she's not technically traditionally white in the comics. There's a lot of storylines in the comics where they actually make her uh, Latinx. There's one where she's like Puerto Rican Irish. There's one where I think they instead they make her like Colombian and Italian or something. You know, there's lots Didn't of Eartha Kitt play her at one point. Who? Eartha Kitt. Yeah, Eartha Didn't Kitt she did. Play a Catwoman? Well, so did so yeah. did Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, we we try to forget that though. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of but, but that's the thing is they've never definitively said Catwoman has to be white. You know, and there's nothing about her character that is white. Like it's, it's a cat burglar. That's the extent of the, like, and I'm not trying to trivialize trivialize the character of Catwoman. I'm just saying she's a cat burglar that has an on and off again relationship with Batman. Why does she have to be white? I don't get why that is a complaint, especially when Zoe Kravitz did a fine job. Like, right. Yeah. You know, so they, yeah, that's weird. And so they're like all the good characters in Batman were black because it was like Catwoman and Commissioner Gordon and the new mayor. And then the only good character that was white was Batman. All the other characters that were evil were white. And I'm just like, couldn't you argue simple statistics that way? Like there are more white people in America where Gotham takes place. So theoretically speaking, more criminals would be white statistically. Like, I know that's not how we view our criminal justice system actuarially, but that's a whole other issue we can't really jump into at the moment. But it's it's just a weird complaint about that movie. I mean, my, my issue is there's not enough punchy punchy. Why are they making some other dumb fucking thing with it? 
Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. Hmm. It's you say a, they took down his review or something? Well, the, the guy, the, that, that guy isn't the one that brought up that. It was just something else that like came up a lot this week. No, this other guy, his was the Red Panda one, where he's like, I'm not Chinese and I'm not a girl, therefore this movie doesn't relate to me, therefore it's bad. There was that guy. It was just a weird time for racism in movie reviews this week. <laughs> yeah. That is... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Heather, go ahead. No, I'm still gathering my thoughts on what I was going to say, so go ahead. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that it's kind of just been sort of a trending thing, though, with some of these... Um, with some of these movies and everything where you just have these, a certain sect of the audience. And I hate to say it, but a lot, in a lot of cases, it's, it's white people. And they are always arguing that these movies are virtue signaling, or this is a movie where the SJW agenda is is making these characters seem like they're woke or they're trying to turn original characters that were white into these um non-white characters or like I've I've heard some I heard some critiques that Black Panther was racist because there were parts where they called um they they were calling some of the white people colonizers or there's Which, like I, right. I, I, one thing with that one thing with that Martin Freeman Martin. I know technically I think he was working for the American government but it's Martin Freeman he's British if anybody gets colonized called colonizers it's the fucking British, British. yeah I mean come on <laughs> they colonized true. fucking everybody get the they colonized us fuck off like they colonized everybody. If anybody is a colonizer, it's a British man. Yeah, true. But I hear this kind of thing all the time. And like, it's, um, it's just something that I think a certain sect of the audience, they're just going to argue with these movies all the time. And the truth is, is that times are changing. People's, what what people are tolerating and what people want in their entertainment and things like that is changing and what people are sensitive to and what people are aware of is just changing. And so there is going to be an effort for things to be more diverse. There's going to be a chance for, there's going to be more diverse stories. There's going to be more diverse perspectives on the screen. I mean, it's, it's happening and it's going to continue to happen. And I think it's just making certain people uncomfortable because they are just so used to seeing them. They are just so used to seeing them, their perspective, the the way that they feel, the way that they think. And they're so used to just seeing themselves represented in everything that it's just such an inconvenience when that is changed even just in the least bit, you know? And I think it's just making them uncomfortable, whether it's a certain character of of color or a, a character that was traditionally white being a character of color, or it's even just offering another perspective, even if a character just has another perspective or something like that. Um, it bothers them. 
because that's not what they're used to. You know, I, I mean, the, they're used to everything just being. Same. For lack of a better term, white. I mean, well, that's just well, kind of how it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny, like, well, not funny, but it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to a friend the other day that um, was having a conversation with somebody that was like, they, they didn't know really anything about like the new Batman movie or anything. And they were like, so who's going to be Batman? Did they change it up? Like, did they make him, you know, not white or did they make him gay? And I'm like, that's an interesting question to ask about it of all the things you could ask about this movie. And it really just bothered me because I'm like, which, okay, I'm not going to lie. You know, what would be a kind of crazy fun movie, a black gay Batman. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I yeah, it. I guess like, I don't know. And, and I know that some people really do get up in arms about like, you know, don't change it. It's always been this way. Keep it this way kind of thing with characters and with movies and whatever. But that just really irked me. I was like, what? Like, why does that matter? And like, what, why is that a problem? You know? And, and I don't know. I, mean, I was just like, you know what? Hmm. And this may sound weird, but in a way, I guess I'm kind of envious of these people because their lives are so fucking simple that they just want the same shit over and over again. You know, it kind of sucks. And honestly, that's the mentality of older white males, mostly. I feel like that's their mentality with these types of movies now. You know, you know why I hated Superman for so long? Because it's been the same thing since like 1936. It's boring as fuck. Like, who the fuck (laughs) wants to see that? When did Superman actually become interesting to me? When they actually had Superman's son be Superman in the comics. And he's bisexual. I'm like, you know what? That's a new story. I'll fucking read some of that. I, I gave zero fucks about the last 60 fucking years or plus years of Superman. I get 80 fuck like 80 years of Superman because it's been the same shit for 80 years. They've literally done nothing new with Superman for 80 years. They finally did something new and a lot of people got pissed off about it. I'm like, no, for the first time, the character is not shitty. It's just it's something new. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, and it's one of those where, you know, in in a sense, like for lack of a better word for it, like you sort of have to change with the times. It's like, we're, we're at a place in the world now and in life now where it's just like, I mean, white males aren't the only, like not everybody relates to that. Well, and people realize that now. And like, why is that the standard still? But it, I mean, it, and the sad thing is, is as much as everybody flips the fuck out about it, it's still the same. It's still the standard. I mean, they went from 90, yeah. they went from 93% of all movies being made for white males to 90. Like it hasn't yeah. really changed. <laughs> and no knock on Pattinson, like no issues with him being Batman. I'm just saying like the general concept of it. I'm like, what if there was a black Batman or a gay Batman? Like, oh, I'm going to okay. be incredibly bored <laughs> with Batman until I get gay black Batman. <laughs> Well, didn't they, and Until I don't know I if this that. is in the comics or not, but like Batgirl, is she gay in the comics? Because I know her a show her or is. the show they did, she is. But, well, there has been about 97 Bat, uh, Batgirl slash Batwoman uh, okay. characters at this point. And there is a version of her. I think there's a couple of versions of her that are uh, where she is a lesbian. Um, oh, okay. 
Yeah, there's like several. I was like, why is nobody like up in arms about that? Then, like, not that I'm saying they should be, but why is one weirder than the other? Or do you want a fake reason? (laughs) Yeah, the real reason is because white guys are kind of still like, oh, that's some hot shit. That's why. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's why they're not throwing a fit about it. (laughs) That's probably true. As sad as that is, that's why. But as much as we're like, you know supposedly progressing in this area i mean even like um who was it uh um daniel kaluuya when he played fred hampton and people were like but he's british like why should he play him can we get an american actor to do it and i'm like what like now we're going that route (laughs) like he's black and he's great at acting but now because he's british he shouldn't play this american historical figure like what's going on now you know there's always going to be some division when it comes to some of that stuff. And you know what? I, I actually somewhat get it just because hey, British actors are just typically beating the fuck out of American counterparts all the time. We need to be more pro American, get more American actors. Um, <laughs> but no, it's because of that argument though, of, well, he was just the best actor for the job. You can end up getting some stuff where, like a sh- where and it still happens all the time, but like a straight person playing a gay character, they might be the best actor for it, but you could probably find an actor that's 98% as good and like an unnoticeable difference, but is gay and they play the gay character instead. Mm. That's why yeah. I kind of understand that argument a little bit, because if you find any reason to always just use the best actor, you're still going to find a way to marginalize people. Even in a way that it's not really a marginalization, a marginalization of a British person versus an American person isn't a real marginalization, you know, but they'll still use that logic to marginalize people that can be and are. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's just unfortunate, though, too, for actors in general to kind of like did that be sort of like a burden that they have in a way of like, I mean, Daniel Kaluuya is probably one of the greatest actors of his generation. I'll be honest about it. And and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, well, he has the skill to do something so great, but now he's got to worry about like, Oh, I'm not actually American. So I might not get as many roles, you know? No. And that's because, and like I said, that's a terrible distinction because like I said, there's no real marginalization of the British people in America, really, you know, it's the British people as a whole in this world are not a marginalized group. But like I said, unfortunately, Hollywood will use anything to marginalize somebody, no matter what it is, you know, so you've got to be wary of those practices, you know, because I mean, like, think about it. 10 years ago, if a straight actor played a gay person that almost almost guaranteed they'd be nominated for an Academy Award for just going so much out of their comfort zone. <laughs> mm, I mean, probably, yeah. And that's but, I mean, the, the I think sad reality most... about it. What's that? And that's just kind of the sad reality that, you know, a straight actor playing a gay person is just, oh my God, they they did so much to be that character. When there are just people mm. that exist like that every day. And, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting. And like, I think 
what so Pattinson is British and then um mm-hmm. Christian Bale's from Wales, right? Yes, he's Welsh. Right. Last few so, Batman have not been American. It's, right. We need to strike back and take over James Bond. We need to attack the British. <laughs> we need to have the next one be an American James Bond. Hit him where it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That would be the target right there. I mean, it's just, I don't know why so many people love tradition and love the past. Like, why can't we have new shit? The past doesn't go away. Like, it's still there. Like, you know, there's some talks that like uh, Michael B. Jordan is producing and may star in a black Superman movie. And they're like, how can we do that? He's white. Well, there is actually a version in the comics where there is a black Superman. So it's not like it's completely unprecedented. Yeah. But. But. Okay. Say they do that. It's not like every white Superman, anything disappears. The second that Michael B. Jordan plays Superman. It's not like you can't go to the comic book store and buy 9,000 issues of white Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Plus I'll watch Michael B. Jordan as Superman all day. Like. That's not a bad choice. So it's not like, it's just, it's, it's this shit still exists. It's not like they're going to go in and digitally put fucking Denzel Washington into Brandon Routh's Superman movie. Like they're not going to just erase all white Superman. It's still there. Yeah. 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 And I just don't understand how is that any different from you going and picking up a, a a graphic novel done by a different writer and a different artist and Superman looks completely different or this artist may draw him and he looks completely different from like the traditional Superman or this artist may have him saying and doing things that he would never actually do in like the traditional Superman comics or whatever the case may be. How is it? I mean, if you can accept that there are different universes, you know, whether yes. you're talking about in a crisis or anything like magic. that, and there are these different versions of these characters, why can't you just look at the character and go, the, the, the comic is the comic, the movie is the movie, the TV is the TV, and separate them, just like you already do when a different writer and a different artist tackles one of these comic book characters. Yeah, I mean, do people realize that Josh Brolin isn't actually purple? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's movies. We can do spectacular things with them. Like, do they realize that raccoons that walk and talk don't actually exist? (laughs) It's... It's... It's comic books. And... to be, I love comic books, but let's be fair. Comic books are a bunch of bullshit nonsense. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, like it's they're just they're fictional characters. Why do you care that much that everything, every version of it has to be the exact thing that you read or have seen or anything like that? Like, why does it matter that much to you? You know what I mean? Why is it not more bothersome to these assholes that Superman is an alien, but 100% anatomically the same as a white human person? 
Like, why is that not weird to him then? Yeah. Like, Superman is so much like a human that he can genetically breed with us. And he's an alien. Yeah. And they're fine yeah, with true. it. <laughs> it's just absurdity what people get fucking upset with. But you know what I what actually genuinely made me upset? I mean, other than these people's terrible takes on these movies. All right, so the new Batman movie, it cost a hundred million dollars to make, right? Do you know what Batman related movie also cost a hundred million dollars to make? No. Don't tell me Suicide Squad. No, no, dude, that one actually might have. I don't know. No, I was referring to 2006 as the Catwoman. It was a hundred million dollar movie. Oh, no. And did it not look like it? How? Did it not look like it cost about like $12.50? Yeah, it was a hundred million dollars. It was all to the CGI uh, Catwoman. <laughs> yes. I don't know if unless they came out tomorrow and said that Halle Berry was paid ninety nine point nine nine like million dollars. That budget is not justified. And not that I'm saying her performance was so good. She should have made that. I'm saying that the only reason why she should have made it was getting paid that much. A hundred million dollars. And the yeah. best idea they could come up with is. She's going to become Catwoman because she's got to deliver this project and she right. can't do it by email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she can't. That's wild. Wild, <laughs> That's man. That's all you can come up with. <laughs> all right. One last oh, thing. Man. One last thing, guys. Someone on TikTok, TikTok had a very, very hot take about the new Batman. They said it was good. Or they said... They said that specifically this is not the reason why they think it's the best Batman movie, but it doesn't hurt that this is a part of this Batman movie and why it's their favorite is they said that the new Batman was the horniest Batman they saw. And I don't know. I just feel like I had that brought a lot of strong feelings up in me because how is Batman Returns not the horniest Batman movie? Yeah. I would have to agree with Michelle that. Pfeiffer and Michael <laughs> Keaton. I thought they were going to fuck after every scene in that movie they were in together. They was <laughs> acting like they were going to fuck every scene. And then on top of that, the penguins walking around wanting to fuck everything. Michelle Pfeiffer's walking around like just 100% sexuality. I'm like, how the fuck is it not the horniest Batman movie? <laughs> And then on top of that, I'd still argue that both of the Joel Schumacher Batman movies are hornier than the new Batman because those have bat nipples and bat ass cheeks. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Or was he talking about just the actual portrayal of Batman, the character? I mean, no, there was some good chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and, and, and Robert Pattinson, you know? But I didn't feel like they were about to fuck. I felt like if they went to dinner a couple of times, they may fuck. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton were always going to fuck. 
these were just a pin drop away from fucking at every point <laughs> in that movie. I mean, she stabs him with her cat claws in the, the ribs by lying on top of him and like licking his lips like they were about to fucking that she stabs him. And know what happens? Nothing. He still wants to fuck her. That's how horny they were. <laughs> I was just severely bothered by her saying that the newest Batman was the horniest Batman because it's not. It's just not. I just I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because like I, said, I was really bothered by it. I wonder if. If this girl on TikTok, was she like younger? Because maybe she didn't oh, see yeah. those Batman movies. Well, no, no, I've, she has. She's talked about it. She's seen okay. other Batman movies. And she is, yeah, younger than us. But like, it's not like she's like 15 and never seen another Batman movie or anything like that. I mean, fuck, even in the Christian Bale Batman movie, he fucks. He, like, that's the first time Batman's fucked in a movie. Dark Knight Rises is the first time Batman has documentedly fucked in a Batman movie. Just saying. So. I'm just throwing all that out there. And just out into the ethos. Take that what you will. These have just been my movie thoughts of the week. And I've had a lot if you couldn't tell. That's unfortunately why you didn't get to choose, Heather. That's all right. I probably would have chosen that option anyway. Well. You'll get to choose officially next week, I promise. Unless I have another week of this. Then you may get delayed again. We'll see. Okay. Just being honest. I don't want to promise something I may not be able to deliver on. All right, let's go into the episode. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All right, are you ready? Yep. Come on. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie Licorice Pizza. We will also uh, break it down into a spoiler-free section of recommendation scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. We will also throw in tidbits, some spoilers, if you will, some thematic discussions with the movie Red Rocket. Uh, we won't go in-depth with it. We will talk about kind of its relation to Licorice Pizza a little bit. Nothing, you know, But there might be spoilers for it, so just keep that in mind. Most people don't even know the movie exists, so what's it really matter? Um... Well, let's start it off. Uh, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about this here uh, licorice pizza? Well, um, I wanted to like this movie uh, <laughs> because so many people, it just got such rave reviews from, you know, any anytime you saw at least a critic score and everything, like everybody was raving about it. So I wanted to like it. Um, I'm all about like coming of age stories. You know, I'm I'm fine with those. Um, I had a hard time with this one. Um, a couple of reasons why, um, a big one, and I know we're going to talk about this more in depth, so I'll just vaguely say 
um, it's problematic in a lot of ways, the relationship between the two. And um, it was just really kind of off-putting and kept me from being able to enjoy this relationship and love story because of that. So that's my, probably my, well, yeah, that's definitely my biggest problem with this. Um, Another problem I have with it is it feels like throughout this movie, there's a lot of like really random things that are happening, but it's never amounting to anything. Like it just, it feels a little too random. Like they're just doing things just to do them. And none of it really means anything. (laughs) I feel like there was a lot of that in this movie. Um, The performances were good. Um, I did like the two, the two leads were, were good in their roles. Um, The, the guy in the movie, um, thinking uh, Cooper Hoffman, who plays Gary, he, I think that he was good at being this very like charismatic, like swaggery, you know, kid that, you know, he, he tries to charm everybody. He's like one of those, you know, kind of like almost a born salesperson is kind of his personality. And I think he played that really well. I think he was naturally good at being that character. Um, he was believable. You know, it's believable that he could, you know, make friends easily or, you know, talk himself out of situations probably. Um, so I think he did a good job with that. Um, the lead female, um, her name's Alana, Alana Haim. Um, yeah. She was good too. Yeah, she was good too. Um I I think she 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 was a good character that is clearly like searching for something, trying to search for a purpose and really unsure of a lot of things in her life. Like she really played that part really well. Um yeah, so no issues with their performances in the movie. I just feel like the movie amounted to nothing. Like it told a story almost about nothing. It really, I mean, it was a love story. So it's, it's about these two leads, but it just, they put a bunch of things in a movie that for me, I was just like, why, why is this in here? (laughs) What is this doing? What does this mean? It just was, it, it wasn't like you're, you realize later, like, Oh, that's why they lingered on this part. Oh, that's why they put this part in. Sometimes in movies, when it's coming of age stories, you get that concept later on. I didn't get that with this movie. It just felt very random to me. So, yeah, I, I unfortunately was not a big fan of this movie. Um, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't think there's anything special about it. And I think that there's a deeper issue for creating a movie that has relationships like this in general. So that's, that's all I'll say about it for now. Justin, what about you? Justin? Okay, sorry. It froze a little bit and then, so I did not hear you say me. I I was like, it's going to freeze right when he he calls on me. I knew it was going to do that. And of course it did. Sorry. Um, but but yeah, just based on um, some of the things you said, Heather, I definitely agree with um, when when it comes to this. Uh, th- th- this movie is just very 
it's like I'm kind of at a crossroads with this movie because on one end, um, I liked the, the 1970s setting. Um, the, the, the movie is well shot. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson, he's got a creativity when it comes to creating scenes, when it comes to shots and stuff like that. He's very good at that. I, I think that the soundtrack and everything in this definitely fit the vibe that he was going for. And this is supposed to be young adults, teenagers and stuff like that. It definitely had a sporadic kind of feel to it. And sometimes I think that when you're talking about younger people, um, if the movie feels like that, it can be okay. You know, I've seen other movies that are kind of like this or have that kind of feel. And I thought that they were good movies. You know, I I do think that a, a more, sometimes a more sporadic feel can help with the youthfulness of the characters. So sometimes it all does kind of fit in that way. Um, There were also things about it that just felt very nostalgic to me. Like um, one of my favorite parts of this movie was when, um, because one of the characters that's Cooper Hoffman's character, Gary, that's the actor. There's a part where you're going to a film studio and I recognize just a bunch of different things from that film studio. There was, um, I don't think this is too spoilery, but like you see the the Batmobile, the Adam West Batmobile. And and I'm not going to lie, like the movie kind of got a pop out of me when I saw Herbie the Love Bug, because that was my car back in the day, man. Like I freaking loved those Herbie movies when I was a little kid. I will not watch them now because I'm afraid that I'm going to hate them and think that they're stupid. But I was a huge fan of Herbie the Love Bug. So when I see these crew members carrying Herbie the Love Bug in the background, I was like, oh, look, it's Herbie. You know, I kind of had a moment there, a nostalgic moment there. So there are things about this that I did like. The movie's very colorful also. I think the cinematography definitely sort of lended itself to kind of the free spiritness of the seventies and stuff like that. So there's all that dressing. Um, and I think that's probably the best part of the movie is the dressing. However, when you start to dig into it and get into kind of the substance of it and stuff like that, I think that that's where the movie does kind of, um, start to have problems. Like I like the I like the two leads, but like Heather, I just could not get past the the age difference in this movie. I, I just could not get past the fact that one person is fifteen and the other person is twenty five, and that just that that just bothered me to no end. And and it was so distracting that as the movie is going on. I just was failing to find reasons why we needed the age gap in this. You know, if there was some sort of way to make them more relatable or understandable, or if maybe by the end of the movie, it said something about it, like, look, this is why this can't work or something. You know, if there was some sort of, if I felt like maybe there was some sort of underlying point that the movie was trying to make with it, 
other than it just sort of being something we overlook because we're in love or whatever. I just don't know. I mean, I guess that was what happens in this, but I, I, I don't, I couldn't accept that by the time we got to the end of it. So, and it really sucks because really at, at its heart, this is just another, this is just a coming of age love story where you have these two people and there are these things that seem to keep them apart. And then, but, but, you know, because of just the way the story and the way things happen and the way their lives develop and they try to make this and they try to sort of have these lives apart from each other. And, you know, there's that whole magnetism that draws people to each other. And it sucks because I get all of that and I want to buy into this, but I can't because I just don't understand why we had to have certain elements in the premise. And and like I was telling you guys before we started recording, maybe it's because I wasn't a a seventies. I didn't grow up in the seventies. I don't, I didn't live during that time. So maybe just the way people saw age difference and the way people like viewed these things is different. But I just could not get past the fact that I was like, man, if the if the roles were reversed and this was a 15 year old girl and a 25 year old man, I just think that like the fires would be raining down on this movie. Like, I really think that like shit would be hitting the fan for this movie. And I and I don't think and then but it's weird that like the roles are the gender roles are reversed. And this is an Academy nominated movie. It, it might win some awards. And I feel like that's weird that, that that's problematic. And I don't know if I'm ready to accept a movie like this, because if I accept it, it makes me go, well, then what else do we have to accept? What else will be made after this? And how how much are we going to stretch this? You know, is the next movie going to be a 13 year old and a a 20, a a 23 year old? Like what, 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 how much, how much, you know, if we accept this, then what is the next level of this that we're going to have to accept or going to have to see or, or something like that? I don't know. It was just very uncomfortable to me. And I guess the fact that it's not uncomfortable to Hollywood is kind of indicative of kind of a historical problem they've had with young people and older people and stuff like that. It's always kind of been an issue in Hollywood, you know, and to me, this doesn't help. This almost kind of shines a light on why it's a problem. And continues to be a problem. I mean, you guys could tell me if I'm wrong, but I just could not shake feelings like this as I watched this movie. So I couldn't enjoy the dressing. I couldn't enjoy all of the good acting I saw. And I think these a lot of these actors and actresses are virtual unknowns. They were great in this. They had great chemistry and everything like that. You know, excluding the whole age thing and what the story is. They were great in this. Um, Bradley Cooper was so funny in this, like for this, for the cameo that he was in this, I thought that he was a lot of fun and he was great. And he kind of brought a different energy to this. Um, 
you know, and, and even Sean Penn, you know, I thought that was kind of, uh, he had some cool scenes in this too. But ultimately, I couldn't shake myself from those problematic things. So as much as I wanted to enjoy this, as much as I would love to be on board that, oh, this is an Oscar-nominated movie and this was directed with such skill and it and it had great acting and all of this stuff, I, I couldn't get past what I think are more important issues, especially when it comes to Hollywood. That's a very fair very fair statement, Justin. I'm going to start my spoiler-free section off by quoting uh, my niece or my niece-in-law. I don't know. It's it's my soon-to-be ex-wife's niece, but she's my niece. Um, I, I I started texting her during this movie because I knew she had seen it. Her 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 boyfriend was a uh, uh, he went to film school. Like, so he watched this movie like, you know, she's been watching a lot of movies with him and I knew they watched this movie and I texted her about it because I had some thoughts. I had some thoughts about this movie and I thought maybe I was missing something because I'm not a young person. I'm not necessarily an old person, but I'm not a young person. She's rather young, you know, she's in her early to mid 20s, like that kind of age group. So way younger than me. And I was texting her about this movie while I'm watching it. And she said something that this is kind of, I'm going to quote her and it's going to kind of surmise partially how I feel about this movie, which is uh, she said that the whole time she was waiting for a moment to come where she would love this movie. And it never came. And that's a lot along the lines of what you were saying, Heather, you know, like, you're watching, and I don't know about you guys. I knew why this movie, or Murphy, why this movie was controversial before I watched it. I vaguely knew what the ending was slash the premise. You know, I knew the premise was that she was 25, he's 15, and I knew at the end of the movie they got together, or they finally, you know acted on their feelings or whatever you want to call it. I knew that was coming. Spoilers. Whatever. I guess, I guess that is fair. That's fair. That's fair though. That's no, yeah, but I knew that was coming. And I'm watching this movie the whole time I'm going, they are doing nothing, nothing at all. That would make that ending not disturbing as fuck. And they went the whole movie not even trying to go, all right, it's bad. They went this whole movie and they went, yeah, no, it's good. It's a fairy tale ending. It's the same as Cinderella. <laughs> it's the same as Snow White. It may, you know, you watch this movie and it makes you go, Little Mermaid who? <laughs> like type of love story. You know, that's what this movie did. This movie goes this whole fucking self and goes, Yep, 15-year-olds and 25-year-olds. That's copacetic. And I 100% agree with you, Justin. If they did this the other way, ooh, oh, they'd be pitchforks and, and 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 mobs and torches and you know and it'd be justified. It's I think it's justified with the version of the film we got. It's weird. 
It's disturbing. It's not good. And then on top of that, I know, Justin, you were talking about how the sporadicness of the movie gave it a youthfulness. I'm watching this movie just going, fuck, it's a bunch of nonsense. This movie to me was like a collection of scenes. <laughs> and the only reason why you know that they're in, they take place in the same movie is because technically it has the same characters and actors. Other than that, it just felt like a bunch of shit. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I understand random. why you liked that Bradley, Bradley Cooper scene, Justin. For what he did, he did an amazing job of doing it. My feeling oh, with it, though, was <laughs> why the fuck is he doing any of this? Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought. I was like, he was great in the role, but why was it necessary? At all? Same with Sean Penn. Sean Penn was fantastic in his role. And I'm like, what the fuck was Sean Penn in this movie for? What was what was any of that scene? It was yep. just a bunch of weirdness, nonsensical, mm-hmm. non-connective bullshit that has the yeah. most irredeemable of endings that it just wants you to go, it's fine. And I don't know how anybody in the right fucking state of mind watches the end of this movie and goes, oh, that's cute. Because it's not. It's creepy. It's gross. It's disturbing. Like, it is a monumentally weird dynamic between them. Like, on top of that, it, 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 and the reason why I think that this movie was made is I think this kind of was Paul Thomas Anderson kind of fulfilling a weird fantasy that men have. And I'm not talking about being with a kid, but I'm talking about when you're a 15 year old male and you see like a hot 25 year old woman in your head, you're like, fuck yeah, we can get together in no reality. Should that happen or would it happen? No, it'd be gross on that girl's part. And she should never want you. But in your weird, in your weird 15 year old boy mind, you're like, Oh man, she used to be my babysitter. I'm I'm grown up now. We could fuck. And it's a dumb, <laughs> dumb feeling like thought as a young man. But it's like this movie was I, I feel like he made this movie to justify that fantasy of being a young male. The problem is, is he centralizes most of the movie around the woman. And so it's gross. Yeah. You know, you understand the 15 year old's feelings, you know, because he's just a horny little boy. You get it. Yeah. Horny horny little boy is going to be a horny little boy. I don't mean that in a rapey way. I just mean he's going to fantasize or just think he has a shot with, you know what I mean? It's just it's that dumb adolescence brain is what he has. Yeah, and that's very much how the movie plays out, you know, when he's talking, you know, you see him just going from girl to girl, you know what I mean? Like you not to say too much about it and everything, but like that's very much how the movie plays out. He's very immature. He's just a boy. 
And you're right. You look at her and she's having these it makes zero thoughts sense she and things like a romantic comedy or like or like a romance movie when the girl is like, man, he's he's a good guy, but and he could do all these things for me, but I just don't know and I'm not sure and I don't know about me and all this stuff. And it plays out as if that is not a 15-year-old boy. It plays out as if this is a man who she is apprehensive about dating or something. Yeah. It, it's 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 the romantic comedy where he's like, hey woman, I want to be with you. And she's like, no you're a man child and not mature enough for me and all this other stuff and like blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, Oh, whatever. I still want you, but we'll be friends, I guess. And then they're friends. And then she realizes that, Oh, he's so much more than she thought he was. Except the problem is that she's 25 and he's fucking 15. Like, fuck, that's gross. Like what the fuck is this movie doing? Like, yeah, it it does all those stupid tropes that whatever, if they're both fucking adults and they're both 25, okay, it's just a dumb, silly rom-com that can be fun. But then they do it in this movie and you're like, ew, it's gross. You're icky. You're an icky fucking movie. Like, yep. and, and like you said, Justin, why the fuck did anybody in Hollywood greenlight this movie considering all the fucking problems that Hollywood has had with this type of of theme and relationship type of stuff in real life. Why are they yeah, doing it? That's the part that's so mind boggling to me. And then it's up for awards too. So it's like, I mean, it just, this, it saddens me. Like, why is this being celebrated? This movie would have worked better if it focused more from the boy's point of view, instead of being from the woman's, and it been just a coming of age movie about the little boy having unrequited feelings for an older girl. Yeah, you're right. It would have worked better. It would have worked perfectly fine like that. But no, they went out of their way to go, we're gross. They, like, yeah, they, they, they have their to be together instead of him learning some kind of lesson. Or maybe they could have connected in some other way some sort of mutual connection that didn't have to be sexual or anything like that. They could have connected in some other way. They had experiences where they were trying to find themselves and stuff like that. Why couldn't they have just connected on that level somehow? Yeah. And maybe where they just kind of, they could have matured more at the same time in the story or something or arrived to a certain level of maturity and it would have been kind of cool because it's like you know even though this is a 15 year old and this is a 25 year old they have these experiences that cause them to get to a better place but that place didn't have to be together it could have been just in mindset or something exactly there could have been some other way to connect they could have had her come from they could have had her come from a family that was like too strict and she never really got to be like a normal teenager or just be like a normal kid. And he's kind of mature for his age and doing all these businesses. So they kind of learn how to just, you know, be better people because of each other or some bullshit like that. They didn't have to go. Yeah. Um, Oh, you want to see my breasts? Okay. Let's, you know, I'll show them to you child. Right. You child. child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's like, what? 
Anytime, I don't even know. Anytime they did a scene where they like hinted that there's like romance brewing between them, I felt like every line from the Elena character should have ended with you child. You <laughs> literal fucking child. And you know what's funny too is, and I, I know I don't want to give too much away, but like the guy that she dates for a little bit, the guy that she met on set or whatever. Um, the guy that played young who, Sean Spencer in Psych for a few for the yeah. last few seasons, and he's also in the the right, Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, that kid. Yeah, he's he's funny. He's funny. He's in uh, Booksmart too. He's really good. But um, he is like the fact that like her, her family had this problem with the fact that he wasn't Jewish. But nobody has said zero about the age difference between the guy that she actually wants to be with that they clearly know she likes. Like, what is that about? Yeah. And who is also not Jewish. Jewish. Correct. Yeah. She would still have the same issue with her family. More reason to be upset about it. Like, yeah, Yeah. she would still have the same reasons as, as she did with the more age appropriate male than she does with the child. But then, you know, to add proverbial salt to the wound he's also a fucking child like that's yeah which even if he was jewish would be a strike against it i would think to a reasonable family member they'd go hey no he's a child but but she'd be like how about you like someone your own age and and she'd be like but he's jewish and they'd go he's a fucking child (laughs) it doesn't matter if he's jewish child Right. And it's like, and the other guy was perfectly nice. And or he was, he was, he, he was a good character. I liked his character. I kind of wish they did a little bit more with his character, but in either case, I'm like, I just, that's such a disconnect for me yeah. of like, and do you, you know, know her sisters clearly know, like she's into this 15 year old. She even talks about like, I think it's weird that I hang out with them, but nobody says anything like, yeah, yeah. it is. It's super weird. And then her <laughs> sister goes, nah, it's cool. Go fuck a kid. It's fucking weird. This movie is fucking weird. I don't understand any of it. Like, like her issue and like she dumps the guy because he's not Jewish. We might as well just go into spoilers. But there's like. a child <laughs> like that. I still don't understand why this movie doesn't address. that He's a child. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> they they talk about it twice like he's not movie. or they, they just. They they just go on acting like that's not a, really a thing. And that's why I just could not. I just kept asking the same question as I was watching this. Why did he need to be 15 years old? Right. And, but in the weird thing about this movie, too. I mean, all right, this is. Uh, I'm going to hold this because like Heather said, we need to fucking move on because we're fucking spoilers, whatever. Um, recommendation scores. Here we go. Recommendations. Yeah. And score. Um, uh, Jastic, go. What's your recommendation score? Damn, Jastin, we got to get you better internet because you didn't hear me again. You didn't hear me again. I know. I know. But but I, I was about to start talking anyway because I knew it was my turn. Um, sorry, guys. I don't know what what's up with it today. Um. Man, I mean, how could I recommend this after? Who am I going to recommend this to? Like, the only people you recommend this movie to is fucking child molesters. And if you know one, you shouldn't know them anymore. 
you shouldn't then also not <laughs> recommend this movie because it'd give them a bad idea that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like if I go, yeah, you should see this. This is a good movie. And then they go, well, what's the synopsis? And I go, well, a 15 and a 25 year old hook up. I just think somebody would not be my friend anymore. Yes, I'm not going to lie. You would mysteriously <laughs> like, disappear off the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they would go. But, but and before that, they then after they were like, never speak to me again, they would be like, why did he recommend that to me? What about me says that I want to see a 15 year old and a 25 year old yeah. hook up? Good point, Justin. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie. I, I would feel that way if I was like, Justin. I've heard a lot about Relinker's Pizza. Have you seen it? And you went, yes. And I went, all right, I'll watch it. And then I watched that movie. I would call you and go, A, what the fuck's wrong with you? B, don't talk to me. And C, why the fuck did you recommend it to me? That's an astute observation, Justin. Yeah, like, I think that's where it would be. So, I mean, after the conversations we've had, how could I possibly recommend it? Like, I can't. Um the only thing I can say is that it's a well-made movie for all, for just the wrong reason. That's what I feel like it's well-made. It's a well-made love story, but it's wrong. It's just like, I just don't, I just, I mean, why, why would you spend all this money and dress it up so nicely and have all these actors in it and they're they're acting their asses off and doing all of this but but why are they doing all of this to tell a story of a 15 and a 25 year old hooking up and i don't know who i could recommend this to i don't know who i would want to see this the only reason why i think somebody should see this is just so if they want to be a part of this conversation if they find out about it and they're like, hmm, well, let me see it for myself and then make my own judgment. Th- that would probably be the only reason th- that I would recommend this. But I don't think I could ever recommend this as, oh, it's a great movie. Oh, it's a good love story. You're going to put it on your top love stories of all time. You know, yes, it'll be right there it. with, me feel uh, you know, Sleepless in Seattle and Pretty Woman and then Licorice Pizza, the 15 and the 25 year old. I don't think I can recommend it in that way. So, yeah, uh, as as far as a score, um, I'm just going to say that it's problematic out of 100. <laughs> Fair as fuck. Heather, you go. That's the perfect score for this. Um yeah, uh, I definitely don't recommend it. Um, I mean, and for our listeners out there, though, like if if there's something we're missing that you're seeing, like you think there's a reason nah, that we should nah, consider. Nah, fuck that noise. <laughs> fuck all that, too. No, nah, I don't want to hear anybody <laughs> justify that shit. Fuck that. Nah. OK, well, I guess Me- that's message not what I mean. Heather. Privately message Heather. I don't want to see none of that shit. OK, well, I guess I don't mean like give us a reason to justify. I'm just saying like. Let us know your thoughts, basically. Like, I'm st- if you're seeing what we're seeing with it, you know like, what I mean? They privately message you and Justin. I don't want to see any of it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Never mind then. Okay, so I say no, I don't recommend it. And it's interesting because, like, if you see the, like, synopsis of of this, like, if you're looking at IMDb to be like, what's this movie about? The synopsis of it just says... um, about Alana and Gary growing up, running around and going through a, the treacherous navigation of first love. 
That's what it says it's about. And that's not even really like, I mean, and the thing is, I guess technically that's what it is. They just leave out the big part of the age difference with that. And like, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I just feel like it would have been a good, as far as like what the story was about would have been fine if it had been a normal age for the characters. Um, they, yeah, I don't know. They, they just really, that was a huge detriment to this story. Like, I still don't think I would have been like, this is a great love story, even if they were age appropriate for each other, but I would have definitely enjoyed it more. It's just one of those where I can't root for it and I can't root for the love story. I can't root for them to get together because no, like it's just, there's no reason that you should want them to be together, you know? So, um, I, I just, I think it's a strange choice to do to make a movie like this with the characters in that age gap. Um, especially when it really kind of amounts to nothing. Like they're really, like Jason said, there's no reason that it needs to be that age gap for this movie to happen. So yeah, no, I, I do not recommend it. Um, the acting was, was good. Um, and it was well shot, but it's, it's just not something that really anybody should have on their radar in a sense. So, um, I don't know, I guess I'll give it, um, you know what? I'm sorry. I just got to go with Jason's score. I just like, it's, it's hard to give it a specific score because it's just like the, the issue with it, the underlying issue with the movie kind of just dominates any, any score you could give it otherwise. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm really glad that you brought up the plot synopsis of this, Heather, because that is such a deceitful fucking plot synopsis. Doesn't it make it sound like they're both 15? Like, if you're really yeah. not ashamed of your fucking movie, put it in there. Put it that, you know, the treacherous, what would you say? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The treacherous navigation of first love between a 15 and 25 year old. Put that in there, motherfuckers. If you really stand behind your movie, <laughs> fucking don't lie. Like, what's with all this bullshit? Why are you trying to hide your gross pedophilic fucking relationship? Like, nah, tell everybody what you're doing. Why are you hiding it? Now I'm going to go with you guys, but I'm going to take it a step further. It's a problematic and weirdly has some racist scenes in it, too, out of a hundred. I just don't know why the fuck that was in there, too. I mean, I oh, get, yeah. How can we forget that? Well, because it's <laughs> full of just gross other shit. Weirdly, that might be the least problematic is it's slightly racist. The amount of problematicness in this movie. It buries the racism a little bit. And we're all about calling out movies for being racist. I just didn't know I'd have to call out an Oscar nominated movie for being fucking gross, too. All right, let's let's go. Spoilers. What the fuck was I going to say earlier that I put it on hold? Oh, yeah, that her sister is just weirdly on board with her getting with the kid. It's weird. Yeah. Her sister's on board with it. And also there's so many older women in this movie 
that apparently be fucking giving giving young boy hand jobs. There was the girl at the Japanese restaurant that'd be like, oh yeah, I'd be giving him hand jobs. She was like the age of the older girl too. Why are all these girls in San Fernando Valley in 1973 just stroking this kid? It's weird. Like, (laughs) I was already having major issues with the Academy Awards. Because it's all a racket. Like, the Academy Awards, it's all a popularity contest. It's who sends who the best grab bags, who pays who the most money. That's how you get nominations and awards. And it's already kind of a fucked up award system. And then they added that fan choice award where they're like, all right, guys, whatever's the most trending movie with the hashtag, I don't know, Oscars be popular, whatever the fuck they made that hashtag, that'll give, you know, a movie an Academy Award too, because they were thinking that's how they can backdoor giving Spider-Man an Academy Award. But apparently it's going to be Amazon Prime Cinderella because the Camilla Cabrillo fans are out there putting that and it's winning just hands down. So that garbage fest of a shitty movie is going to end up fucking probably getting an Oscar because of this bullshit. So, you know, they're not even doing that. They're fucking up that too. But then you watch this movie. It's nominated for all kinds of Oscars, best picture, all kinds of shit. Like if you ever need a reason to, I don't know. Shit on Hollywood and the Academy Awards. This movie's not helping. Who the fuck goes, you know what? Let's do this. Like. I just don't get like. You know, a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. Typically of a right wing persuasion, but not not exclusively. Talk about how Hollywood is full of pedophiles. And Hollywood went, no, we're not. We just want to make a movie that glorifies it and give it awards and talk about how it's great. great. (laughs) What is this? Like, I just. I just don't understand. What the logic was behind anything with this movie. And I, there's just no, no reason for it. This movie has a 90% on Metacritic. Like, who the fuck's reviewing this movie? I just, I can't get behind any of that. There's just nothing behind this movie or the, the product, nothing. It's all just a bunch of grossness. Like, I'm just insanely disturbed at this point. I truly am that like. This is the shit like this legitimately has a chance to win an Academy Award. And it wouldn't surprise me. This movie, okay, has been nominated for 180 different awards. And has won 57 of them. And. That goes to best screenplay winner from the BAFTA Awards. It won that. 
It's, it was nominated for Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Motion Picture at the upcoming Academy Awards. It won, it won the AFI Movie of the Year Award. Like, I'm really surprised that Pedophiles Anonymous didn't give this movie Best Movie Ever. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Who the fuck is just giving this shit all kinds of greatness and saying it's good? This one, Best Comedy Movie at the Broadcast Film Critics Award situation or uh, association. Fuck them. Apparently, this one Best Original Screenplay at the uh, Chicago Film Critics Association Awards. Fuck that. Nominated for a bunch of awards at the Chicago Indie Critics Awards. Fuck all of them. Like, people were all up in arms about that movie. What was it called? Cuties? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That is actually a critique of the sexualization of children. And I understand that movies that fundamentally use what they are critiquing can sometimes lose some credibility with their message. You know, like cuties has the issue of is critiquing the sexualization of kids whilst showing the sexualization of kids. So I get why that's problematic and I get why people misconstrue it like that because they just can't understand the subtlety. Not that it makes it any better though, but it makes it uncomfortable. And I get that. Why there's that's problematic, but also kind of poignant in a way. Cause like I said, it's at least a critique of it. And if it makes you uncomfortable, it's kind of getting the point across a little bit. That's kind of the point. This, on the other hand, glorifies it. And I think it's because, like you said, Justin, I think part of the reason why it's getting the lead buried when it comes to the glorification of a drastically inappropriate relationship is because they did swap the genders. And I think that that's why some people are just okay with it when they shouldn't be, you know? I mean, there's just, you watch this movie and I'm just awestruck that A, anyone wrote this shit down on paper. Because to me, that's just like weirdly documenting evidence for whenever the cops come and bust you. Like you're keeping (laughs) proof around your house because you wrote this script. And then you, you made the movie. I feel like, I feel dirty. Not in a good way. Not like in a Christina Aguilera dirty, the music video and song kind of way. I feel dirty in the, oh, this is gross kind of way. As in, I need a shower kind of way. As in, I'm just mentally and physically disturbed that people wrote, directed, acted in, green lit paid for and then liked and gave awards to this movie and it is weird that you it, it buries the fact that this is philip seymour uh, philip seymour hoffman's son and he did a good job like acting wise 
because I didn't know that was his son. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is and this is his first movie. Um, the main I girl see it this, now. Yeah, yeah, the main girl in this is uh, one of the Haim sisters, which is the musical group Haim. In fact, all three of the daughter sisters were the three from the band Haim. Um, and also, also that was their father too. That played their father. Um, apparently, all of his lines were improvised, even the "what the fuck." Um, but it's just for every maybe good thing about this movie, like the acting and the cinematography and all these like little details about this movie. All of that is just null and void when it comes down to it. It's just all null and void. It, it, it culminates into just the most perfect example of a movie version of the word ew. And it makes me kind of interested in hearing, like, I would love to just hear the opinion of somebody who liked it or who thinks it's like what one of the best movies of the year and stuff. Because, like, yeah. when you look at the reviews and different things like that, all when, when I look at the positive reviews, nobody's talking about the age difference. Nobody's talking about any of that. They're just talking about the writing or the cinematography or the nostalgic 70s or the feel that it gave of that time back then and different things like that. Um, You're not seeing any good positive reviews where it's like, I'm cool with the 15 year old (laughs) and the 25 year old looking up. It was tight. Like you're not getting, you're not hearing that either. But I wonder how many of them, if you just were to ask them, so you were okay that this was a 15 and a 25 year old finding love. I mean, they, they would have to say yes, right? Like if you reviewed this and you said it was good and you would recommend it, and you think it's deserving of these awards, that would mean that you were okay with it, right? And are you only okay with it because it's a, the 15-year-old is a male? And then you have to even dig deeper and go, okay, well, why is that okay with you? Why is it cool that this 15-year-old guy I mean, should we be proud of him? I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I really am. I am trying because I don't understand. Okay. okay and I on. don't know. Like, is it like, oh, man, this this 15 year old, he had the swagger and he had the, you know, he was an actor and he had the swagger and he was a hustler, man. And he just was persistent and he just he just got that. You know what I'm saying? He was he was about his game and he got that. Is that how I should feel about it? No, hell no. And once again, like I said, when Heather said the same thing, privately message Justin that. I don't want to see none of it. I want to see no justifications. You can privately message Heather and Justin your weird, creepy thoughts. Um, uh, but, it, but it's not weird that, that it's just okay with seemingly so many people. Well, adults, grownups, and that's people why. who are given out awards. It got by. I mean, it's not like that that's not a big that that's not a big point of the movie. He straight up says this is a 15 year old. This is a 25. That's established very early. So 
for everybody that thought that this was great or watched it or wanted to give it an award, they either just had to say that doesn't matter. Either that didn't matter to them or like we said, it was they thought it was okay. Maybe even cool that this 15 year old, 15 year old. So maybe so maybe it does just go back to what you were saying about the whole fantasy thing. Well, like me. Let me go into some of that a little bit, Justin, because I'm on Metacritic right now. And oh, okay. Awesome. So the the reviews I'm about to read are the people that reviewed it, either a 100 or a 90. Okay. Okay. I might even mention the one that's an 83. I don't know yet. So one of the 100 reviews says this film rides upon the shoulders of first timers. Hame. Uh, and then gives the disclaimer that Anderson's directed several of the band's music videos and Hoffman son of frequent Anderson collaborator, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they're both thoroughly engaging. So that means essentially what he's saying is they're acting in their relationship in this movie is great. Which that means you're a gross person. Um, next person in licorice pizza in licorice pizza. Time isn't something that keeps people apart. It's the only thing that allows them to find each other in the first place. And this euphoric movie doesn't waste a minute of it. So that person's gross. Because they're saying that there doesn't matter if they're 10 years apart. That's the only reason why they find each other. And that's gross. Who the fuck? Who, who writes that down? Who actually writes that down for other people to see? Um. Next person, another hundred review. It's such a delectable film. I'll be cutting myself another slice soon. You are a gross individual. That's disgusting. That's awful. That's way too much. That's a little extra. That is disgusting. Uh, The next person, once again, another 100 in a world of algorithmically, algorithmically, I don't know. I know I'm saying it wrong, but you know what I'm saying. You know, shit sorted by algorithms. Um, in a world of um, that type of content, Anderson's ninth film and his first since 2017's Phantom Thread is irresistibly hard to pin down. You have to go back around 50 years to the likes of Hal Ashby's Shampoo or Peter Boganovich's The Last Picture Show to find another that runs a similar kind of woozy clockwork. I don't know. That just sounds gross, too. I don't don't like it. Another 100. With Licorice Pizza, Anderson has sifted through the haze of wildly embellished tales and half-forgotten memories and pieced together something that feels more concrete, more achingly, tangibly real than just about any American movie this year. What? No. No. Um, Yeah, two more real quick. Licorice Pizza delivers a piping hot jumbo slice of life. Look at how it felt to grow up on the fringes of the film industry in 1973. So this person's admitting that in 1973, Hollywood fucked a lot of kids. That's, I guess, not so bad. I mean, he still gave the movie a 90, but at least he's admitting it's about kid fucking. Uh, And then this last one, the plot of this movie doesn't matter because it barely has one, even though it's incredibly entertaining. That's gross too. 
Because you know what you talk about doesn't have a plot, but it's entertaining? Porn. I'm going to let everybody sit and marinate in that one. Yeah. (laughs) It's gross. Like, it's disgusting. Disgusting. Somebody else talk now. Like, seriously, this movie's giving me the ugh. Well, I mean, an interesting thing, too, and I was like, I was just looking at an article about it where they talk about the, I guess, the appeal for Alana's character is like the power dynamic between them and her being older and her seeing this like infatuation that the guy has for her makes her feel more like she's in control and she has more power and that that's part of the appeal of that relationship. Um, Wait, I get what you're saying, Heather, mm -hmm. but isn't that the problem with, I don't know, people grooming children that they've got a bigger, like they've got more power in the relationship. How is that the appeal? Oh, it's about textbook grooming. That's the appeal. (laughs) And that's, I mean, the article says that too. It's like, you know, it's usually called grooming with what they're doing, you know, and basically just says like nothing against um, the director, but like we need to hold people accountable when they make mistakes. And this was a mistake to make this movie. So (laughs) I appreciate that they said that. All right. I cut you off Um, a little early. I agree with the rest of that. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I think the reason why I'm so quick to jump on it is because too many people do defend this shit with this movie. So I feel like you have to be like, no, we're not defending it. But no, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it talked about something like how it's clear early on that she's a repeat offender of going for younger guys. I didn't really catch on to that, but I guess maybe because I mean, I guess the one kid, um, young Sean, I guess he is um, younger, but not as young. But I, I think in general, it just seems like her nature is to want to be um, she wants attention from guys, no matter what kind of guy it is, is what it seems like in this movie. Like you just see her kind of going through, you know, the movie and she's got some kind of interest in a guy, you know, wanting to get their attention and please them and whatever. And then she moves on quickly from it. And then she does end up going back to Gary for whatever reason But I guess because it it feels like as soon as she realizes, like, they don't think of her that way or they don't need her in the way that she wants them to need her. And so she moves on from it. That's what it feels like her character does a little bit in this movie. Um, Like with the politician guy, you know, and thinking like maybe they would have something and then realizing, oh, he's actually gay. So, no, he doesn't need me in that way. So she moved on from it. You know, and even the, I guess the guy that got her the job with the politician and he was, I mean, he probably her best bet of her choices of men, but like, you know, like she just was like, oh yeah, sure. We'll hang out later, but I'm going to go pursue this other thing first. Like it was just kind of always like she was trying to get the most, she wanted to be with the person who was going to give her the most attention she was seeking at the time, if that makes sense. And so it makes it hard to root for her as character 
and a person, <laughs> you know, I mean, she had some qualities that, you know, were she, you know, she wasn't like a terrible character all together, but as far as coming to her wanting these types of relationships, you can't root for it, you know, especially when it's like, I'm coming back to the 15 year old because I feel like he's going to always revere me the way that I want. And that's, that seems like what she's been looking for in this movie more than actual love is just the infatuation that somebody has for her, you know? And so I think that that's what makes it hard to feel like other than the age gap that you you just don't feel like it's a genuine love necessarily. It's, it's just, this makes me feel good in the moment and that's what I want to feel right now. So let me go run after Gary. Cause I know he's going to make me feel that way. <laughs> that's kind of what she was doing in this whole movie. And then she would get very possessive and jealous and like weird about him talking to other girls. And it's like, you're a 25 year old woman. Like, why do you care <laughs> at all? You know, and it's as much as it plays it where the 15 year old is like obsessed with this woman. She's kind of obsessed with him too. So in both spectrums of that, it's bad, <laughs> you know? Um, and again, I just don't understand why zero people from either side of this said anything to either of them about, Hey, um, this isn't a healthy relationship or a good one. She's too old. He's too young. Nobody said those words to anybody. And that's weird <laughs> that that is how that went. Um, I also think it's weird that Gary just somehow was just really a super entrepreneur at 15. Just what did he open two, three businesses in the span of this movie? And I'm like, how did you do that even? Like, you know, and it, it's just. And, and that's why the more I think about it, like Sterling, your explanation of what you feel like he was trying to do with this movie kind of makes the most sense as far as like why he would make this movie. <laughs> like if it was coming from the kid's perspective of, you know, I am, you know, like his infatuation with this girl and like the big dreams he has as this 15 year old kid and like trying to be that guy. If it focused more on him and those aspects of him, it would make way more sense as a movie. But it doesn't because it does put her as sort of the main character. You follow more of her storylines and love stories, romances, whatever, and family stuff. Like it's more focused on her, but it's almost like, so why are you focusing on her? She doesn't really learn anything in any sort of relationship. The only thing she does is kind of decide I need to get my act together and kind of do something with my life instead of hanging out with a 15 year old. But then she ends up still going to hang out with a 15 year old. So it's just very, I don't know. It seems like toxic as a relationship, but just also like it, there's, there's no redeemable quality to why you should root for them being together. There's just no reason for it. Um, I do agree about Bradley Cooper's character. Like, he was funny. He did a great job in his role, but I'm like, what was the point of it? Like the point of it again was basically showing that he's an older guy flirting with this younger girl. Well, maybe he wasn't that much older, but again, her just like clearly enjoying that attention from this other guy. So really to me, it's basically the story about a girl on a journey to find attention from guys. 
is what it's kind of broke down to for me. If I think about it, you know, um, and that, and in a sense that can be relatable. There are many people who they really seek out attention from people. They want to feel wanted and that's what she's doing. And in that sense, sure, she's relatable, but the way that they have her, um, acting on that desire is a completely wrong way to do it. Um, so that's, that's my big takeaway from it. Real quick, Justin, before you go, I found the most disturbing review of the, uh, of this movie on Metacritic and they gave it a 63, but it says Mm, licorice pizza is at its best and is genuinely charming when it is simply focused on Gary and Alana two mixed up kids trying to find their way in a world that feels promising and perilous in equal measure. The problem is writer for the Washington post. One of them is a kid. The other is an actual (laughs) adult. It's Otherwise, that does kids. sound like a delightful movie. <laughs> yeah, they bury the fucking problem again, just like the synopsis. No, it's not two kids running around. One is a kid. The other is, in all actuality, an adult. You can't even see young adult because young adult is typically technically what you would call somebody that's 15. You know, that's what young adult novels are for. They're for 15 to 18 year olds. But you know what? You don't call it somebody that's 25 a kid unless this person's like 70, because I guess all 70 year olds call it 25 year olds kids, but they're not like that's that's a weird thing. It's not it's not charming. It's gross. And they're not mixed up kids. One's a mixed up kid and the other is a fucking predator. Sorry, Justin, you can go now. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like a lot of what Heather was saying. Yeah. I definitely saw that, um, in that character. Um, I saw a lot of the same things that you saw, um, in the Alana character, like it did feel like she was trying to get like, all of this um, attention from these different guys and everything like that. And at first, whenever Gary comes on and makes the advances and everything like that, you know, she sort of, you know, in a way she puts him in his place. No, you're a child, you know, you're a kid, you're 15. No, not going to do that. And then it's like, as the movie went on, it's almost like they, the, the way the story plays out is, you know, she tries these other guys. She's she interacts with these older guys and stuff like that and finds and sort of finds out that no, none of these things are going to work quite like she thought. And it's almost as if she sort of comes to the realization that the that the infatuation or the feelings that Gary had for her were genuine or at least more genuine than anybody else who she had interacted with in the movie. And ultimately her realization kind of is, is that he really does care for me in a way or something like that. Or at least that is how I felt like the movie was trying to present it. Like, Oh, 
the the person who I thought was too young for me, the person who I thought was um was too young for me because he is the person who I thought was just being a childish a hardy 15 year old or whatever because he was you know it, it, the movie comes back around and it feels like they want you to buy it as oh those were genuine feelings for her there was a love that was there but they needed to find but she had to come to that realization on her own and she had to realize that there was more to his feelings than just what she originally thought it was is how I sort of took the movie and that she tried to find it and all these other guys, all these other things, none of that worked out. And ultimately what she was running from was what she needed. And then you, 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 you undress that and you go, she found that in a 15 year old. And then you just arrive back to it's gross. You just arrive back to it doesn't matter because so like this whole journey, I get it's like I get the journey. I get what I th- feel the movie was trying to say. I, I feel like I got all of that. But why did he need to be 15 years old? I just cannot get past it. I just I can't. I th- That's. That's the most difficult thing about this is that I just cannot get past that. I get the journey. I get the back and forth. I get that both of them were in a way trying to find themselves, him and his acting and these businesses. And he's trying to like do what he feels. And that's kind of what the Gary character was, right? He was this 15 year old kid, but more mature for his age. And he was trying to have all these businesses and he was trying to, and you know, she's, talking to him a lot in the movie, like everything is about you. You know, all you're ever thinking about is you and the you, you and this, that, and the other. And he was like, well, yeah, it is about me and everything like that. So I guess there was just kind of this message of that is what his appeal is, is that he is just constantly thinking about himself and he's doing what he feels and he's doing what's in the moment. And he's, And he's very impulsive and has fun and sporadic. And that's kind of the 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 draw. And she was trying to have this more adult uniform life. And I guess she's drawn to him because she's trying to conform to all these things. And here's this person who kind of isn't conforming to anything. You know, he's this 15 year old kid that's like, I like the 25 year old. I'm going to go after her. Or, oh, look, pinball machines are going to be available and open. I'm going to open up a pinball machine store. He seemed to be like this person who just whatever he felt, that's what he was going to do. You know, oh, water beds. Oh, I'm going to sell water beds now. I think they're cool. That seemed neat. That seems lucrative. I'm going to go after that now. Everything about him was an opportunity to kind of do what he felt or he was just very much a I'm going to go with my feelings type of person. And I just wish this was not a 15 year old that I am talking about, because yeah. when it's a 15 year old, you're like, well, of course, he's like that because he's immature. He's too young. He hasn't had any experiences. Yeah. He doesn't know 
He doesn't understand restraint. He hasn't matured enough to understand. So of course he is doing what he feels because he's 15. I can't make him this character that I've seen in other movies where they're a free spirit and they're impulsive and stuff like that because they know who they are. And you've got this other character who doesn't know who she is. And that's why she needs the character who knows who he is. It's not really that thing when you're talking about a 15 year old, because then you can't shake that. You feel like his feelings are coming from just a, a place of immaturity. It's not coming from a place of maturity where you have this man who knows who he is or yeah. this person who knows who they are, you know, or any other movie where it's the woman who knows who she is and the guy is trying to find the adult male is trying to find himself. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I think if you are a person who can just look past the age difference and go, this is what the characters were. This is what they were trying to do. And this is why it worked in the end. Then, okay, this was okay with you. But if you're, if you're like us and you can't get past that, you can't make sense of his feelings other than he's a 15, he's a horny 15 year old. And I couldn't get past that. So None of the other events that occur, all of these things that are occurring, and I get that they're building, that they're getting closer together and they're getting closer to understanding that they need each other. Like, I get all of that. We've seen it in a lot of romance stuff. But God, man, why did this have to be a 15-year-old? And I think... Well, why, why are you trying to push that a 15-year-old can be all these things and be what this adult 25-year-old needs, you know? I just don't get that. I think for me, what I think about too is like all of these like advances that he's making towards her and like his flirting and whatever, like she seems like very charmed by it and like really into it. And I'm like, I no part of me is going to be like really flattered or wanting to pursue if a 15 year old is like hitting on me like that's just weird that she's just like totally okay with that and I'm, I'm just like there's in no world like I don't care how charming this 15 year old kid is like he's 15 and you can't be charming enough to for me to care <laughs> that you're charming if you're 15 years old and my first reaction would be that's gross <laughs> that would be Whoa. my very first thought if a 15 year old is trying to be like, Hey, let's go out on a date, you know, like all this stuff. I'm like, ew, no, where's Whoa. your mom? Like, <laughs> get out of here. You know? Yeah. A few things with this movie is it really is kind of, they do play into the tropes of, Oh, she's looking for love in all the wrong places. And she goes to the worst she place to end it. Like is the feel good part of the story. She goes to the worst possible place for love. Right. But, <laughs> but with what you're saying, Heather, like, I would get why it could be flattering in the initial part of the movie. He just sees her and he's just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. We need to go on a date. And she's like, whatever, you're a kid, blah, 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 blah. I can get why that part of it would be flattering. Because in a normal, rational adult mind, she would have then not gone to the place where he said he would be that night. And they would have never seen each other again. And it would have been a fleeting moment where this kid was just like, oh my God, you're beautiful. 
and you're just like, whatever, you're a kid. You can be somewhat flattered by that. Whatever. That's not the worst thing in the world because you're still going. It doesn't matter. You're a kid. Like, you know, you can say anything you want. You're a kid and you don't show up to the restaurant. It's just she goes to the restaurant and then they become friends. And then like this and that. And like it just it continually snowballs in, in, into worse shit after worse shit. You know, like and like Justin said, like he's just a horny little kid. Like and I think that part of the reason why they did some of the things like with her getting so much attention, especially from older men and stuff like that. I think that that kind of plays into what I was talking about as to why the, it was written this way to be that triumphant story of the horny little boy was to be like, look like, because if, if you're the horny little boy, it's kind of like a big win because it's like, look, this older woman wants to get fucked by all these or th- all these older guys want to fuck this woman, but she wants to fuck me instead. So it's kind of like the win okay. for him, but it still doesn't make it any less gross. Like it's, it doesn't change the deplorableness of this movie in any way, shape or form. And it's just, this movie is just one bad choice after another. It never, never once goes, we are not condoning this. Like it never makes it seem bad. And I saw some people compare it to the graduate. And I'm like, did you not see the graduate? Cause the lesson of the graduate is that it's bad. Yeah. Like the lesson <laughs> from that movie is it's bad. At first he's like, fuck yeah, this older woman wants to fuck me. And then you realize, no, that's bad. Not that somebody older wants to fuck you. It's just, that if you're a kid and somebody like an adult wants to fuck you, that's bad. And it can fuck you up. And you might not know at the time because you're like, fuck yeah, I'm getting sex. You don't realize the mental ramifications and the trauma that that can unleash upon you. And the graduate understood that. Like, that's what the movie The Graduate's about. It's not about how cool it is to get fucked by an older woman. It's about it might seem cool, but it's bad. And anybody that sits there and compares this movie to The Graduate A, has never watched The Graduate, and B, you like this movie too much and you gross me out. (laughs) I just don't get it. Like, the first time I heard somebody say that, that it's like The Graduate, I'm like, you only know the Hello Mrs. Robinson essentially part of The Graduate. Right. You watched the first 30 minutes of The Graduate and you stopped. Probably because you were weird and creepy and masturbated and had finished. So you didn't watch the rest of the movie. You didn't see what that movie was about. Because if you think in any way, shape or form that this movie is like that movie. You are fucking so wrong that it's just you're about as wrong as this movie is for being made. In all honesty. Like, it's just astounding. No, I totally agree with that. No, it's nothing like The Graduate. Nothing like The Graduate. And I just, man, I I just, and like you said, like the movie, you know, even if this was like a cautionary tale or if there was some character that was like, this shouldn't happen, you know, and kind of being that outer, that, that, that voice of reason 
or somebody that even if there was just that representation and there and there and there's some sort of levity at the end of this where they understand that okay we can't be together but this is how but we do have a connection that is significant and there are other ways that you could have shown that i just don't know why they needed to get together in this scenario and why we chose to have the movie and just pretend like that's like i said like we've all said that's okay it just the the crazy part about it just never addressing that um especially because it's just crazy especially to me. because his feelings towards her isn't what makes this movie weird <laughs> like like yeah it's it's the flip it's her feelings towards him that make no sense and the and it's sad because to me the only part of this movie that I felt showed an appropriate genuine human reaction or emotional response to anything in this movie was the scene where she finds out that the candidate that she thought was like asking her on a date is actually gay. And she walks his boyfriend home and they're standing there outside on the guy's like steps or whatever. And they have that genuine connection of boyfriends are shitty. Even though her boyfriend wasn't shitty. He was a kid. Like he did exactly kid shit. So I don't know what the fuck she was expecting. <laughs> but and then they hug because the guy was upset that was the only scene in this movie that I'm like oh that's a genuinely good human interaction because <laughs> there was none other ones in this movie there was no other good yeah, human reaction fair. in this movie other than that like yeah. and also it's, Why did she sound surprised when the 15-year-old boy said he wanted to see her topless? Isn't that the right. most default response <laughs> from a 15-year-old boy ever? Like, that is the least surprising answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, I think, and hear me out on this, I feel like if they had made this movie like... Almost like, I don't know if you call it a parody, but it, it basically like the kid is narrating it because in his mind, he's just kind of playing out for you on the screen. This like fantasy life that he has with this girl or something or like, you know, they can have that same interaction they had at the beginning of the movie. But then all the stuff that happens, like I'm going to build all these businesses and we're going to be together. Like if it's played out as if it's like he's expressing on screen to us, like his fantasy life with this girl that he just met, that would kind of be funny. You know what I mean? And it would be a different approach. And I think it would have been better in that way. Well, it, The movie would make sense that way. And that's yeah. more kind of how the movie plays out. The problem is, is it focuses on her more than it does him. So it's not that movie. Yeah. Like that's right. the problem. If he was the central character that it focused on, where it followed, because there are more scenes with just her than with just him. It focuses more on her than it does him. If it centralized him and it played out as like, oh, that was a crazy summer, like fantasy type of movie in his head, it would make more sense because you could just call, go like at the end and go, oh, bullshit, the kid just made it up. You could do something. And it would kind of like be that. like that Sandlot thing, yeah. you know, where he's like dreaming of Wendy 
um, exactly. in the Sandlot, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, you know, you could have the whole movie play out. And then afterwards, his friends, like he's just sitting there at college with his friends and his friend goes, bullshit, a 25 year old will never get with you. He's like, no, man, that's exactly how I remember it. And you can be like, ah, oh, he's just fucking bullshitting to his friends and being a piece of shit. You that would not like it would make it a less gross movie. Yeah. If they centralized it like that. But the problem is they didn't. And so if that's the movie they were trying to make, then they centralized it wrong. They put the wrong focus then. Yeah. Because other than if you if you look at it, it plays out like that. If they meant for it to be like that, it plays out yeah. like that. That's 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 an argument you could easily make. That's what like if doing. he was if he was like narrating it and he's like, let me tell you about the first love of my life. And he just starts yeah. out with this crazy, weird story. But it's kind of like, OK, you're a 15 year old kid. And somebody whatever. would have to call yeah. bullshit. And yeah. then he go, then like I said, you end up with like, well, that's how I remember it. And you can be like, okay, he's just full of shit. That would make sense. But this movie goes, not nope, this is what happened. He did hook up with her. Realsies, guys. For realsies. <laughs> uh, and, and it's funny, Justin, when you were talking about, because one of the things I mentioned at the beginning that we talked about with this is a movie called Red Rocket by A24. And it kind of has some similar dynamics to this movie as far as inappropriate ages in a relationship. But where that movie, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a good movie, but what I'm saying is that movie handles that inappropriateness better because the male character who's like, I think got to be in his 40s at this point, honestly, like late 30s, early 40s, gets with a 17-year-old. And he's an ex-porn star and he wants to take this girl back to Hollywood when she turns 18. And like I said, in the movie, they make it like three weeks to get back in the game and be like, yeah, I'm fucking the next hottest thing in porn type of scenario. Well, it is an inappropriate relationship and not like defendable in any way, shape or form where the movie's more defendable. Is that character's a piece of shit? And they don't glorify it. They openly use that as saying, no, look, he's doing this. He's a piece of shit. He is a bad guy for doing this. Yeah, that's a good point. They frame it better. They don't condone it. They don't glorify it. They don't say that it's good or appropriate or a nice thing. The whole point of it is that it's bad. And that he's that despicable an abusive and toxic of a person that to him, it's a good and okay thing. Which to his credit, like he played that role really well. Cause he was, he was an absolute deplorable human being. Like he was a terrible person in every oh, yeah. sort of way, but walking you're right. Scumbag. What's that? He's a walking scumbag. Yeah. And like, and so you're right. And I think, yeah, you're, you're really, you nailed it with that because you don't expect anything decent from him. Like it would have been a, a good turn in the movie if at some point he did something redeemable, but everything he does after the other is just worse and worse, you know? And so you expect him to be this terrible person and you're just like, of course he would do that, you know? And of course he's just wanting to get with her to benefit his own career and get back in the porn business and of course, he's just like, yeah, she could totally start out in porn at 17. That's no problem. 
Like yeah. he's just a terrible person. And you could argue that it's a character study of a deplorable groomer. Like you can yeah. argue that yeah. it, sh- it shows manipulation and grooming techniques of a a bad like child molestery person. You know what I mean? You can argue that about that movie. You know, yeah. it handles that theme better because you're not rooting for him. You're not rooting for them. You're rooting for that girl to realize he's a piece of shit and not get exploited. Like, yeah, you know, like, and the sad thing is, is in licorice pizza, they want you to root for them to get together. And even though I knew they were going to get together at the end, I'm secretly hoping that somebody smartened up and they changed the ending of the movie before I watched it. (laughs) And they just, yep, they don't. Yeah. And, and it is that reversal of it's the older male and younger female in uh, red rocket, you know? So it, but again, you, the way you said that is perfect. It's like the way they frame it is better. And, and to be honest, like (laughs) as much as like, he's a terrible human being, like the, I guess everything playing out in that movie that the guy does and the way that he's talking to people, the story he's telling, like the, just the way he tells stories, even like it feels like a completely super real human that you would just meet on a, a regular day. He played a very realistic, just terrible person (laughs) like he he was very believable and very much uh felt like a real character like he he wasn't like written for this movie it just he was just a person that they were like you know what i'm gonna watch all his moves and make a movie around this person that's real like that's how how good he was at being just this naturally terrible douchebag if that makes sense (laughs) which is funny because he wrote directed and edited this movie and starred in Oh, did he really? Yeah, that, that guy didn't wrote, know that. directed, edited, and starred in it. Well, good job for him for being super believable as a douchebag and writing a douchebag so well. But, you know, I just think, like, it... I will say, though, like, I didn't like either of the movies, but I actually think Red Rocket was more entertaining. <laughs> because, for... Yeah, because of... It's not it's not specifically only focused on his relationship with this girl. It's kind of like the culmination of all of the idiotic things and decisions that he's made in his life. And, you know, seeing the repercussions of that. So I feel like, and nobody wants to see somebody like in the bad way, but like just in the sense of you're like, what kind of next garbage fire is about to happen? Like (laughs) this is insane, you know? Um, And just him, we're trying to weasel his way out of being responsible for anything. And it was just an entertaining aspect in that way. But also I think because of the fact that it's just this guy that's awful and you just get to see all of his awful, you know, it's not like a, let's find a love story about inappropriateness and glorify it and make it want to work. It's a very different type of entertainment and movie in that way. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, uh, yeah, that's the thing about Red Rocket and why I feel like it it works more in that is because you you see this person and in some ways 
he didn't seem like the worst person at first. You're just like, at first, you know, when the movie starts and you're hearing, you know, bye, 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 and he's coming off the bus and he's all beat up and he's asking for help and everything like that. Like, at first, you're kind of like, oh, man, you know, what happened to this guy? Or, you know, you feel like he's down on his luck and he's trying to get jobs. And, you know, as the story is going on, you kind of you kind of are like, man, you know, I mean, the guy just needs a break. And then it's deplorable decision after deplorable decision after deplorable decision after deplorable decision. And the realization that you make, because it was actually a quite interesting movie, because I don't think the character made any realizations, but I felt like me as an audience member made the realization that that. Like, and you just arrive to that conclusion that, okay, this is just a terrible person. And this is just an endless cycle that he has been creating himself. Like, all this, um, the, the, you know, not only was he a toxic male, but he brings this on himself and he's just going to continue to do this. Anybody that's near him, it's almost like instead of the Midas touch, it was like the poisonous one. Like, anybody who's associated with him just gets that poison. They get that sting. You know what I mean? Like him and his wife and he took her to the porn industry and look where she wound up. Then you look at him and what, you know, he had this job and then he was rooming with these other people and that fell through before he came back to his wife and everything like that. And you could almost see the writing on the wall. Then he befriends the neighbor, you know, that guy. And then, sort of winds up leaving him hung out to dry whenever the big wreck happens and the 21 car pile up and all that kind of stuff. And even though that guy wasn't the greatest guy either, you know, obviously he was pretending to be military and he was kind of a, um, like a shady guy in some ways too. But, you know, he wasn't, like, I don't think he was what I would call a terrible person. He was just kind of a, not the best guy just got to live in his life. And then when, you know, when Simon comes along, it like all of a sudden he's in jail, you know, messing around with Simon and doing stuff with Simon. Now he's in jail and Simon kind of left him out to dry. So when it comes to strawberry, the 17 year old girl, you can already see where this is going. You know, if, if she does wind up going with him and anything like that, you can already see where that's going. And the ending, even though it's kind of ambiguous as to what is going to happen, you get the sense after watching everything, you knew what was going to happen. He's going to try to room with her. That's probably going to go to shit. And this, and he's going to be right back to doing what he's doing in trouble, trying to leech off of somebody else. And yeah, it totally works here. Like, even though you don't like their relationship and everything like that. And in this one, it was way more like gratuitous. There were sex scenes. There was nudity. There was, you know, it went to levels that licorice pizza never went. But even still, because they made it a point to say, this is not a good person. This is a terrible person. And he's going to continue to just drag anybody down with him into the doldrums. 
it worked incredibly better as just this character study of this terrible person, this toxic male who can't get out of his own way, you know, and is destined to bring anybody down into that hole with them. Well, and with what you said, Heather, it does make sense that this is more entertaining because a character study movie can be entertaining, even if it's about a bad person. It can still, and it can be still interesting. It can still be redeemable because the one thing that that movie does a good job of is it doesn't glorify a damn thing that that guy does. It shows you how to do a character study of a bad person and never glorify them and never act like they're a good person. It stays true that he is a piece of shit the whole time. And I mean, and for and for what, you know, for all of the not greatness that the neighbor is, he at least had enough morals to like not rat out the guy who basically like is the reason he caused the wreck to happen. Like he he could have easily ratted him out and he was just like, no, this is all on me. Like he at least had that moral, if nothing else, you well, know, so it's just it's interesting to see that, like. I don't know, it's just interesting to see all of the all of the people surrounding him in his life and just the, the things that they have done or are willing to do for him, even though he's just this awful person. It's interesting. Well, and one thing is like, it shows everybody else in this movie that even though they don't do the best of things, a lot of what they do is kind of more, I do what I have to, to survive mentality type of things because, all right. Yeah. The neighbor, yeah, he was doing the whole stolen valor thing, but it wasn't like he was trying to like defraud the VA with that stuff or get like, you know, people donating to him because he was a vet. He was doing it to try to sell little trinket flags, you know, yeah, just yeah. to make a few bucks to survive, if you will, you know, still not good, but an infinitely more understandable thing than, oh, I need to get this 18 year old into porn. The day she turns 18, I need to film it so we can get money. Right. You know, like, you know, there's drug dealing, there's prostitution, there's all these other things in this movie, but it's all about that survival mentality. You know, it's we do what we do to make it by. And are those necessarily good things? Not necessarily, are they? But it's survival. And he exploits people to survive. And to benefit himself, you know, and it shows that stuff. And like, and I like the way the movie starts, at least, because like Justin said, you kind of feel bad for him. Even when he's like, yeah, I'm an ex porn star. You don't necessarily think he's a bad guy because it looks like he's trying to do the right thing. Even if he is like, yeah. you know, he's just trying to get his life back together and like to get back to something because he can't be important anymore. And then all of a sudden it just becomes. Oh, I can fuck this 18 or, you know, the 17 year old. And then when she turns 18, we can go be in porn and I'm back, you know, and then you see all the other things he's doing to exploit people along the way. What he was looking like being a good person or trying to change his life around at the beginning, you learn later in the movie are manipulation techniques. He was never actually trying to be that person. He just wanted people to think that so he could use them. You know, so it unfolds in that way where, like I said, so that's where like Justin, you were talking about, you get revelations. He doesn't, 
he's true to himself the whole time. You just see who he is more and more as the movie goes on, you know? Yep. And in that way, it's structured a lot better. It's thematically more appropriate. It's a, to me, it's still a better movie than Licorice Pizza, as shitty as that may sound. And I don't necessarily think it's a great movie. But if you want to get into like the minutia, some of that stuff, best case scenario, at least the movie acknowledges it's bad to fuck a kid. Licorice Pizza doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. And... I mean, and if Licorice Pizza was a lot about like location and time period and cinematography and stuff like that, I mean, you could argue Red Rocket was very good at that too. Like the for the time period we were in, the type of people that we were dealing with, everybody looked the part. Um a lot of, of the places where they were, like when he would just be there at night smoking or whatever. And you see kind of the oil um, because we were in Texas. Right. So you see like, yeah, the the oil fields and stuff like that in the background and stuff like that. And it had a very good aesthetic to it, too. It had a very artistic aesthetic to it as well. And there were some cool things that happened like like them, like the Bye 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 song, like them playing that at the beginning. And then they play it again whenever he's running naked from after he sort of got uh, what was coming to him, so to speak, from his wife and everything like that. Just kind of the whole circular thing of it all. And then the bye, bye, bye started up again at the end when he's, um, you know, standing in front of Strawberry's house. And it's almost just the cyclical nature of what this guy does. You know, I I thought there were a lot of like creative and artistic things in that film as well. Like it was, I thought it was a good movie. I did. And in in some regards too, you know, I'll give this movie credit too, because while there's female nudity in it, you also get male nudity in it. It's very fair for stuff like that. And I think that that's, yeah. that, you know, that's a good touch. I mean, that there should be more na- male nudity in movies. We've been so comfortable with female nudity, but male nudity gets a bad rap. I'm like, it should be equal. It's the same shit. It, it's no different. So what's, you know, why don't you have both? And it does make it feel less exploitive with it, you know, because this was that woman's first role in a movie. And I think it does make sense if like in the context of the movie, if the director slash writer slash star of the movie is asking you to be naked and you find out in the movie, he's going to be doing it too. You're like, okay, like he's willing to do the same things he's asking of me and putting himself out there in the same way. You know, so there's those aspects of it. The fact that once again, and I can't stress this enough, the movie says fucking kids bad. I mean, I didn't. I understand that sounds weird that I have to stress that, but only one of the two movies we've talked about tonight said that. So. Which is a bad average. Yeah, it <laughs> is so true. That is a and bad I mean, average. And that was apparent we in all of his actions. He was keeping it a secret. He was only talking to a person about it who he didn't feel could destroy him or anything like that. He 
was hiding it. You could tell he was hiding it from certain people. He didn't want her to drop him off at his actual house. You know, a, a lot of it was built on lies and deceit and everything like that. In Licorice Pizza, they they build it, and the way that it ends, it, they want you to feel like it's this genuine thing between a 15 and 25-year-old. So, yeah, there is that. Everyone's okay with it. Right. Yeah, because the sister goes, well, how do you feel? Like, she's like, I think it's weird that I'm hanging out with 15-year-olds and stuff. And then the sister's like, well, what is it to you? What matters is what it is to you. No, Uh, no. I don't think that's the right message to uh, (laughs) to send uh, people who, I don't know, might be thinking about they that are 25 that might be thinking about the 15 to 16 year olds. I don't think that's the right message to send to them. Yeah. Mm-mm. Like if it feels good to you, you should do it. No, that's the no. exact opposite <laughs> nope. thing you should say to them ever. Right. Like that movie, like the, I guess the one good thing I'll say about licorice pizza, it is the, it is the most appropriate movie to show somebody if they react wrongly to that relationship and you go see, no, it's bad. You, should, you notice how this character said, no, it's fine. You should say, no, it's not fine. Like, use it as an opposite test type of thing. Like, if you agree with this movie, or you would say the same thing as Licorice Pizza says, know what you're saying is wrong and say the opposite. With the exception of the beginning, what she says at the beginning of the movie is the only time it was appropriate. When she says, no, because you're a kid. You mm-hmm. keep that part. Everything else, take the opposite lesson. Yeah. And it's funny because like if you like if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is way lower than the critic score. I think it's only at 65 percent, which is still higher than I would like it to be. But that still means 65 <laughs> percent of people are okay yeah. with it. I, that's gross. But there were two reviews I saw in there that I thought were really like on point with what we were saying. One of them says strong first half hour, good writing and good acting. The, then an increasingly awful last 110 minutes of ridiculous storyline twists, growing boredom and nonsensical cameos by Sean Penn and Bradley Cooper. Best picture nominee. You couldn't pay me to watch it twice. <laughs> but notice how that person that still fitting. doesn't say kid fucking is bad. So I'm still kind of disturbed <laughs> well, by it. This one was my favorite. This uh, this lady says um, it gets one star because it hooked me up till the end as I was waiting for something to happen, but it didn't. In this 20, wait, it's this 25 year old woman behaving like a 15 year old chasing after a real 15 year old boy. And why is this the choice for uh, the critics choice for comedy? <laughs> that's fair. It is. That's a that's a fair observation. I mean, yeah. the only appropriate ending to this movie is them running to each other and them getting to like each other and her, she, like he goes to kiss her and she goes, no, dude, you're a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> this should have ended. That's the only appropriate ending to this movie. Like when he stands on his chair and he's like, this is my future wife or whatever he says. And she's like, you're an idiot. Like she should have ended it that way when he tried to kiss her at the end. Yeah, that would have been funny. You're like, you're a kid. You're an idiot. Don't kiss me. I'm an adult. Right. You're a child. And then credits. I would have got okay. This movie got it. 
But it doesn't. <laughs> All right. You guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Or Red Rocket, for that matter. If you want to talk more about that, that's fair, too. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simulslayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simulslayers.com or Facebook, where Simulslayers podcast, or Twitter and Instagram, where Cinema underscore Slayers, or TikTok, where Cinema Slayers pod. Um, we are on YouTube now. It is just audio only for the next like 13 or I don't know, 11 episodes, 11 episodes. And then I guess 10 with this one. And then on episode 200, you will start seeing our faces and it will be full video with this. So you can see us while we talk about this shit. And you can see all the terrible faces I made when talking about this movie because it grossed me the fuck out. But you won't get to see that. But if we ever have another movie like this, you'll get to see them. Or maybe I'll just do a bunch of clips of me making gross faces and then say, these are my thoughts about licorice pizza. I'm just like, like, like I'm about to throw up or something. That's that. That'd be it. Um, so yeah, find us on YouTube, Cinema Slayers Podcast. Uh, go ahead and subscribe so that way, whenever episode 200 rolls around, you're just already ready to go with the video. Um, give us five star rating reviews, we'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, and tell your family's friends, but um, especially tell them not to watch Liquor's Pizza. Tell them that. Go listen to this episode, but don't watch the movie because it's gross. And uh, as always in the podcast and the TikToks, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Just um, one last time for anybody that needs to hear. Nobody support or condone Nobody knows anything but you. Anything or any movie that All says right. it is okay for a 15-year-old someone to date a 25-year-old someone. Nothing. (laughs) Don't. It's not. Just don't. It's not. That is all. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. Of all the types of things that people have issues with, that should be high up on your list. Why is it not high up on anybody's list? This should be High up on the ew list of 2021. Why are we three months into 2022 and there have not been enough people saying, no, this movie's gross and it came out last year? <laughs> Why? Why right. do I own this movie now? I, I feel like I need to write Apple and go, please just keep my money, but take it off my account. Right. Like, just get rid of it. I don't <laughs> want it to be in there. It taints my other movies. he said keep your money that's fine whatever you already took it see now i actually don't want them to keep my money either because then it goes to the people that made this movie son of a bitch just i don't know i don't know like get your money back from them but apple can keep my money but still take it out of my account how about that apple you keep my money just take it off my account and then go take your money from them because they don't deserve it. How about that? Let's just, let's do that. Yes.